Hey everybody, it's Mary Lou Monroe Ray from Rated Oz Radio. I have got some great news. It's wonderful to have this man on the show. Now you know the intro to this show. It's called Virus Crisis. It is written by this incredible man, Craig Claxton. And he has now just released a new album called Azure Blue. This album is a combination of conversational, eclectic songs with a top range of musicians. They are just also exceptional and talented. Craig has worked with people and had workshops from his guitar shop, Guitar Brothers, with Robin Ford, Lee Rittner, Billy Sheehan, Louis Shelton, Larry Carlton, He's played with these folks here in Australia, Purple Hearts, Wendy Saddington, Carol Lloyd, and the list just goes on and on. He has been teaching from a very young age. This man is incredible and proud to call him one of my best friends. So please stay tuned. This interview is coming up soon and have a listen to his journey so far. And the best treat of all is you get three tracks of this delightful, delectable sound bites of snacks for you to taste and listen to. So stay tuned. We'll be back soon with this great interview. Check you soon.
Hey guys, we're back, and I'm with the wonderful Craig Claxton. Fantastic blues, jazz, rock guitarist. Craig, welcome to the show on Rated Oz Radio. Thank you so much for giving us your time. I know what a busy man you are, and you've been so gracious in um, coming on the show and talking about your incredible history as a guitarist, session player, and composer now, as well as everything else you've done with touring and bands. So how did your journey as a musician artist begin? Oh, well, first of all, thanks very much for asking me. It's a pleasure oh, to be here. Absolute pleasure. My journey began when I was eight years old, and uh, I think I'd pestered mum long enough that she finally found a guitar at a garage sale that cost a, a princely sum of $5, I think. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to me, it was a fabulous instrument. Um, I had it a few months before I finally got a few lessons down at the local academy of music. And I, I remember the teacher, she was a very old lady. She was about 18 years old, which when you're nine years old seems just so old. She said to me, you've had lessons before. And i no, I haven't, no. Uh, but anyway, I'd been fiddling with it and trying to work things out. And, you know, these are the days of black and white TV and trying to watch what people are doing and... There was uh, nothing like there is today in terms of information. But so I went for lessons for probably a year. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just started uh, wanting to get into playing uh, in bands. So I needed an electric guitar. And the first electric came from Kmart of all places back in the day <laughs> when Kmart sold guitars. Good and it Kmart. cost $45. And yeah. it was my pride and joy. I was very excited to have it. I got it home and I couldn't believe what a letdown it was. It didn't do anything. It was an electric guitar. It was going to do something, but it didn't. And uh, I found out you still have to play it. So <laughs> I kept learning and kept learning. And by the time I was about 12, I started playing in bands with guys at school. Yeah. And uh, it, it all kind of took off from there. Yeah. And now I think you were telling me your mum took you to see... Now, who was that? Ah, I was very lucky. Mum wasn't particularly musical. She liked music, but she took me to see uh, Stefan Grappelli mm. when I was about 12 years old. And hearing Gypsy Jazz for the first time uh, was a complete revelation. And that just opened my ears to possibilities. Hearing Martin Taylor, I believe, was the guitar player mm. who was playing the part of Django Reinhardt. And uh, he just, I didn't know you could do things like that with guitar. <laughs> Up till then, I'd been a, you know, a big fan of the Beatles and the Stones. And, and then, courtesy of an older brother, I got to listen to Jimi Hendrix and uh, Led Zeppelin and, and lots of fantastic music mm. was in the house. Yeah. Then Gypsy Jazz was a complete departure from what I'd been hearing. And that, that really turned my head around and just caused me to start looking for other styles of music as well. So... And the journey never ends. You kind of keep looking for stuff. So Yeah. And you played with a friend of yours in school, didn't you? you That's right, yeah. yeah. When uh, I was in uh, probably grade 11 and 12, around that, I had a friend who played violin and hmm. we would try and sound like those uh, those records we were listening to. And we, I don't think we really knew what we were doing, but, <laughs> but we, we were having lots of fun. At the same time, I never lost the, the passion for playing blues and blues rock, so... It was just a, a little side departure from what I, I really, I think I just love any, anything to do with guitar, but um, the main love has been that sort of blues rock thing. So 
And you started doing tours and playing like the pub circuit? And... I did, yeah. When I was about 15, I couldn't believe it. Mum let wow. me go and play uh, gigs all over the place. We used to go out to places like Gundawindi and up to Maribor and down to Lismore and oh, the Gold Coast. And, and that was the sort of apprenticeship playing in bands. It was the heyday of glam rock, so I had some satin flares and you know, what are those shoes called with the big heels? Oh, the uh, <laughs> platforms. Oh, platform shoes, yes. Ooh, the seventies and the eighties. That lasted a year or two, and then I got pretty tired of doing that. And um, and by the time I was sort of seventeen or eighteen, um, I started to go to university, and there mm. I I discovered um, a whole lot of other music. Um, in particular, I found. Uh, Steely Dan was a big influence. Yeah. I, I loved what they did, and fifty years later, still do. Yeah, oh, great band, classic band. So you sort of were influenced by who? Miles Davis and uh, Django Reinhardt, Mike yeah. Stern. Yeah, that that's of- it. Like. That journey that started with the Beatles, it just opened up into a world of music. And in those days, you'd go to record stores and thumb through the records and find, you know, the little section that said jazz or the little section that said blues and and look who's playing on it. Um, Miles Davis, particularly the um, kind of blue era stuff, Mm. just again, that blew my mind, just one of the greatest records of all time and still a personal favourite to this day. Yeah, Um, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. And then... The whole fusion thing sort of exploded in the late 70s into the uh, 80s and 90s with guys like Larry Carlton, or I suppose it started with um, John McLaughlin and Weather Report and people like that. But then I got into some of those West Coast guys that I I loved and the East Coast guys like um, Mike Stern as well. Loved their their music and um, this amazing journey that I've been on. I've got to meet most of those people and uh, mm. hang out with them. And and like Sir Robin Ford, I got to play with him. So it's been a, a a lifelong passion that I turned into a career, which I'm very fortunate. Mm. Well, Larry Carlton, Lee Rittner, all those jazz fusion guys. Was that something that you love playing, or do you like to? Because you do jazz blues. And rock you've done throughout your career, is it the fusion of all? Oh, absolutely, of them, yeah. I believe the best music happens on the fringes where those different styles of music um, collide. Yeah. So, look, I, I love some of the old blues. I can listen to that, uh, but I do really enjoy where it, it hits into things that just mess with it a bit. Take take the form, take the genre, and just change it up and. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was aiming for with um, Azure Blue. Mm, yeah. Well, you've done a lot of workshops too in your shop, Guitar Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met you, I think um, that was when it was the Guitar Centre. That's right. I had yeah. a shop in South Brisbane. And yep. uh, for the last 15 years, I've had a shop in Red Hill yes. called Guitar Brothers. Yep. And, yeah, over the years I've been very fortunate to uh, host a stack of fantastic guitar players for workshops and masterclasses. Uh, people like uh, Mike Stern, Louis Shelton, who's a legendary mm-hmm. uh, American session guitar player, Robin Ford, yep. uh, had Eric Johnson in there, 
Yeah, I think I lot, came to Billy Sheehan's. Yeah, Billy Sheehan we had. Oh, yeah. we, we, and a lot of Chris Australia's Walsh. top guitar players as well. The the shop has become a destination for a lot of uh, international and Australian uh, guitar players. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, Jim Kelly and, yeah, you know, Michael Fix, who yes. also plays on your album. Yeah, uh, well, Michael produced the album and uh, I uh, was lucky enough to have him uh, contribute a guest solo to one of the tracks. Hmm. Yes, he's. It's very. It's got a real nice feel to that. It just makes you want to get up and dance. So was that the? It's like a rumba. You yeah, said. That, that's a song called "Too Much Rain." Too much rain. That's right. Yeah, that's such a classic, and a lot of people are drawn to that one as well. The whole album is fantastic. So let's talk about the band now that you've got that's come together to put. Um, this wonderful album together produced, uh, the arrangements that are done. Craig's letting me share three of his tracks with you so you can have a listen to the album. So yourself obviously playing guitar and vocals and you've written pretty much all the songs except I think one you did with your wife. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, look, it's a smoking hot band. I was very lucky that everyone who contributed to the project was top shelf. Uh, it has Brendan St. Ledger on uh, piano, organ, keyboards, uh, plus he did a whole lot of arranging for the brass section and some of the uh, vocals, mm. uh, vocal backing vocals, I should say. Uh, Kevin Howard, uh, an, a longtime friend of mine and a wonderful bass player. John Postlethwaite, who is a sensational drummer. Uh, Neil Wickham on uh, a variety of saxophones. He, <laughs> he played uh, Barry tenor and alto sax and uh, Mal Wood on trumpet. Yeah. A couple of gorgeous girls, uh, my wife Carolyn Hammond mm-hmm. and Sarah Calderwood backing, provided the backing vocals for yeah. the album. Oh, it's just fantastic. The whole album just, it, you, it's just so much fun and there's just some beautiful arrangements and um, chord structures in there that you use that just really it just takes you somewhere. I haven't been able to stop playing it. Uh, I'm a very lucky girl. I got Fabulous. the album from Craig. And you need to sign it, my friend, now that it's opened. <laughs> <laughs> we can do so that. So please do that for me. Sure. So you started working on this. You wrote the songs and the lyrics. So would you say, what do you think the theme is? Is it Well, it's an eclectic album? bunch of songs. There's yeah. You know, there's there's a few uh, songs that uh, you kind of I don't want to call them blue standards, but they are instantly familiar and um, will satisfy the inner blues shuffle in anyone listening. Uh, mm. But there's also some quite complex stuff going on in there. Mm. Uh, look, there was no agenda to this record except I wanted to make a record that I'd like to listen to, and um, I was doing an interview on radio. A couple of weeks ago, and and the uh, announcer asked, "Was I sick of it?" And well, quite genuinely, no. I actually quite list, like listening to it, and that's probably um, a good thing, you know. Yeah. Well, that would speak for itself because it is, you know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't stopped playing it, and I'm sure most of the people that I've spoken to um, have said, "Oh, it's just a brilliant album." And so you guys have to get this now. You can go to craigclaxton.com. That's your website. That's right. 
and you've got it on all the major distributors like Spotify. Yep, all the streaming platforms, and you can also streaming. go to guitarbrothers.com.au and yep. buy it there as well. Yes, and see all the wonderful gear that they have in that. That's that one shop stop place that you want to go in Red Hill. It's got a. It's just a beacon of ah, you know, when you're looking for the right sort of guitar parts or pedals or whatever it is you're needing. These guys know their stuff. They're a great team. They've always looked after me. So, um, thank you for being there. I mean, you've been. How long have you had that now? Thirty. About fifteen years for that shop, and then probably one. another sixteen or seventeen years before that with the other shop. So. Yeah, I've been doing this quite a while now, and yeah. uh, the pandemic in 2020 just afforded me the time and the air to, to think about doing something like this for myself. And yeah. um, we went into the studio in early November last year mm-hmm. and uh, tracked uh, a studio called Airlock, Airlock mm-hmm. Studios, uh, out in um, Camp Mountain. So it's a, it's a really nice studio out on about six or eight hectares of bushland and then we finished it at Michael Fix's Parkland studio Mm. uh, in January and February and it was released in uh, mid-May. Mid-May yeah so just a couple of weeks or nearly three weeks ago now yeah so we're looking forward to the launch because your bass player's away in Sydney at the moment. Yes Kev's back in July so once he's back in Brisbane then we can um, organise a a full-on CD launch. Yeah, and people will be able to hear you guys live, which will just be a treat for everybody. So do you think you, as an artist, did you know when you picked up a guitar and you loved it so much that that was what you always wanted to do? Yeah. Don't ask me why or how, but uh, that was knew. something um, I just bonded with and it's been a wonderful friend for the past 50-plus years mm. and... Uh, it's you know it's a it's like a wife and a, a lover and a muse and a doctor yes. and, uh, and everything's are happening and you you need to uh, just uh, yeah go and have some time with that's it you yeah know. with your creativity because yeah. music really is a universal language everybody can connect that way that absolutely connectivity. absolutely but yeah. particularly it'd be lovely to see a lot more live gigs. Oh, happening. hopefully they'll start to come back when uh, the yep. vaccination gets all rolled out, I suppose. Hmm. And so what made you start the guitar shop? Did did you, because you used to play with the Mercuries. They're, uh, we're a great blues band and, you know, our dear friend Tony Byrne, who uh, was a great freelance producer and blues player himself. How did you guys get started back then with the Mercuries? With the Mercuries, uh, I was playing in another band with Mick Hadley called, uh, who's another Australian legend, Mick Hadley's mm. uh, Last Shout. And um, ironically, I'd replaced Tony Byrne in that band. And Tony approached me and said, look, you guys are only working one night a week. Would you like to do some other gigs? And uh, I said, sure, sure, I'd love to. And, and make it a bit more of a... Uh, a blues band as opposed mm. to The Last Shout, which was kind of more garage rock sort of band. Yeah, and yep. it had blues elements, but it wasn't hardcore blues, whereas we really wanted to do a blues band. Probably mm. in a time, it was the early 90s, where there wasn't that much blues happening around the place and mm. and people seemed to like what we do, so we had no shortage of gigs and uh, it all took off from there. But as far as the... Um, 
getting into the guitar shops, it was really more the life of a touring musician is not easy. Mm. Uh, and Agreed. I didn't really like it all that much. I was much more attracted to uh, studio work. And I always liked the idea of having a guitar shop. Again, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just did. Oh. And uh, I made that happen. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best here in Brisbane. So, you know, when we follow our heart and our dreams and we listen to what draws us, you know, that's when great things happen and magical things happen as well. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. Yeah. And so with this album now, this project, can you see the band, are they keen to do another one after this? I mean, obviously this is the focus and you've all really enjoyed um, playing together. I mean, it, the finished product speaks for itself. Uh, you can mm. just hear the joy in creating this album, the oh, Azure Blue. Yeah, no, we we definitely want to do another one. It's just a mm. case of... Uh, Writing a stack of new tunes and um, yeah, getting it together. So yeah. th- we'll, we'll give this one six months, but I'd say uh, by the end of the year we should have a, a new one out as well. Yeah, and probably go down a slightly different path with that. Okay, yeah, make it interesting. Yeah. So I've got to say, on the cover now, you've got this beautiful photo, which I believe Noel Walsh took a friend of yours. That's right. There's an interesting story there that uh, Noel, who is a a very, very good amateur photographer, uh, had got up early one morning to go and capture a sunrise over the Shorncliffe Pier, Mm. which is north of Brisbane. And it was a cloudy morning. And so he couldn't get the shot that he wanted. So he snapped that particular shot, which is wound up on the cover of my album. Yeah. Put it up on Facebook. I saw it and said, no, that's a fantastic shot. That would make a great CD cover. And he went, well, you can have it if you want to use it. So that was the seed of an idea that turned into an album. I thought, well, gee, I better record an album now if I've got a cover. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it also suggested the title, Azure Blue, just the colours of that. To me, that photograph looks like a painting. It Mm, looks absolutely extraordinary. And it's one of those pictures you can gaze into it and uh, it, it, it takes you away. It does. Particularly if you listen to the album at the same time, it can take you away to the smoky blues clubs of New York or Los Angeles or, yeah. So I, I love the picture and I'm very grateful to Noel and his generosity in letting me use it. Mm, oh, it's just a great shot and it does. You look down that pier and you just sort of, it it does it like the album does it takes you away i just want to tell the folks now you had paul brandon who's a musician and writer mm-hmm. um he made a few comments about the album which i'd love to share with some of the folks here so he says there's something comfortingly familiar about this album it's like slipping in one of your old favorites you know like Large band, Robin Ford, Larry Colton, or, of course, Donald Fagan, but with the contemporary feel of someone like Gary Moore around the time of his After Hours album. What makes this recording special is that all the songs are original. Yeah, kudos to you, Craig, because you've done this entire album. They sound completely broken in, like they've put in the miles and years around smoky music circuits the world over. They feel like standards dug out on a vinyl from a milk crate in an old shop in Chicago. This is blues with soul, and I mean real soul, heart, 
and it is. You can just feel that the lyrics are cleverly written. So does that come easy for you, Craig, to write lyrics, or is it the music that comes first? No, lyrics aren't easy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, a lot would agree. The, uh, the music um, is always the first thing to come, and, um, and the lyrics I need to work on, yeah. Yeah, well, I think we all do that because I remember you saying once, "There's only so many syllables." That's it, and uh, it's got to fit. With it's a is a very limited saying. number of syllables that you're able to use to get an idea across. And uh, yeah, you know, some of my favourite lyricists, uh, Walter Becker, Donald Fagan, uh, excellent songwriters, and they make it look and sound easy, but it's not. Mm, so. Yeah. I'm glad you like the lyrics, though. There is meant um, to be humour in there. There's meant to be yeah. real emotion. There's meant to be all sorts of things that will hopefully get a response and, and have people feeling a certain way. So, mm. Well, like you said, it's real soul and it's heart. And yeah. that's where I believe that music comes from, is through the heart, through our journey, through our experiences through the way we feel emotionally. And so many people, even if you can't speak how you're feeling, music just does it all. And sometimes those lyrics that come through, uh, and they're all quite funny and, and clever. I love how you've put this album together. Thank you, you know, it really speaks. And I'm sure many people will relate and they're just going to love listening to this album. So it's such a treat to be able to play, you know, a couple of, tra of the tracks. Oh, thank you. So... Now walk away from these blues, mm -hmm. and you've also got no sense mm -hmm. and the long goodbye. Yeah. So now your wife did she help on the last track? She Just did. The yes. Two of you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. She's a wonderful singer songwriter in yes. her own right. Quite different to the sort of music that I do. Yeah. Uh, but this is yes. uh, a collaboration where she. Uh, look, she's a master lyricist. She writes fantastic lyrics mm. and a beautiful singer, of course. Yes. And uh, she helped with this one. Yeah. So. The long goodbye. Yeah, it makes you sort of see down that pier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> life is quite a journey. Even some of the track titles, you know, Marking Time, Good Intentions, Wild Goose Chase, which I really like. That's very clever. Oh, and Dingo. Yeah. So what? where did the name Dingo come from for that song? Oh, there's um, tales of betrayal and uh, yeah. so on, the perils of the human heart. And, ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, dingo <laughs> is an animal, for those who don't know, yes. an Australian dog that mm. can't be trusted. Ah, well, they, it is wild. Yes, yes, they are a wild dog. And whilst they might look like a domestic dog, they certainly aren't. And they can be quite vicious and yeah dangerous and I just thought that was an appropriate title for that song yeah and I love let myself out that's I'll just let myself out <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. there is there's lots of humor and heartfelt lyrics and the music just seems to tell that story and it just all connects together which is beautiful oh thank you so uh, you know thank you so much for even sharing um, your time with us too now, there's just some questions I quite like to ask so I guess what's your main goal when you are writing or performing or composing for you for that listener 
oh, I'd like it to be uh, the best record I can possibly make, mm. you know, given the limitations of um, time and budget yeah. and all that sort of thing. But do you, do you do that for the fellows you play with or the musicians that you work with as well, do you think? Uh, how do you mean? Um, when you've got those songs in mind, I mean, do you think about some of their talents and abilities when you pull the band together? I mean, you guys have been well, working together a while. Yeah, not not really. Um, they are all stellar musicians. So um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised and happy on how well it came together. They played great. The... Um, the sound of the album is 100% up to the people who play on it. Um, mm. Like I, I bring the songs, you know, 90, 95% fully formed to the, the band, but then their contribution takes it to another level. Yeah, and, uh, when the magic happens. Yeah, and, mm. and we, we probably, we wouldn't have rehearsed more than five or six times over the course of several months. We, we rehearsed back in February last year and then immediately got shut down with a... Uh, statewide lockdown and so we mm. couldn't get out and do anything for probably three or four months and then we started getting together once every month or so and there might be six weeks go by we, we we're not able to because of commitments and whatever and so I just thought oh damn I'm just going to book the studio let's do it and so uh, that's mm. how it uh, it all came to fruition and um, very happy with the way it turned out. Ah, oh, fantastic. And you can hear that you all seem to kind of, how would I say that? It's like you intuitively know <clears throat> what's needed between all of you. Yeah, I, I think that's just experience uh, and listening, listening mm. to what the other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, as far as, it's not really a guitar player's record as such. It's a song record. Uh, I just tried to play... You know, drawing upon many, many years of being in recording studios, I just tried to uh, come up with um, parts that work for the songs rather than just uh, waffling guitar. <laughs> yeah. Some of the questions I like to ask people is about themselves. So, Craig, do you think you've learned anything about yourself through your playing, through your writing and composing? Well, or producing? Have you ever produced? No, not really. I mean, just, uh, well, demos and, and Carolyn's first album, which we recorded at home, uh, yeah. I did produce that one. But mm. uh, no, always been happier on uh, the instrument side of things, uh, which is why for this particular album, Azure Blue, I went into Airlock Studios and then finished it at uh, Parkland Studios just to have other people worry about that. It's just <laughs> yeah, easier because, sure. you know, when you're sitting at a console and you're worried about, getting levels right and compression right and all the things that you need to think about, mm. um, then you can't be concentrating on the playing side of things. Yeah, and being letting that creative flow come through. Yeah. So Ian Hogue that was in Powderfinger. That's correct. Yeah. that studio. He does, yeah. So, yeah, nice studio. It's a fantastic studio. I really had no other place in mind or if I was going to record. I've done other recordings here in the past and uh, yeah. I know it's got great gear. The people who uh, work there, Steve Kempnich was the engineer, mm -hmm. just fabulous, really switched on, um, offered stuff when it was needed, but 
pretty much would do things before you needed to ask him to do them. You know, he, he was really good. And uh, yeah. the, the project ran incredibly smoothly. The players, as I said, the smoking hot players, I was very happy with uh, the performances. We didn't really spend that much time on the whole thing. Uh, mm. And we were in the very capable hands of Michael Fix, who, yes. uh, apart from being an absolutely amazing guitar player, is a, a really world-class producer. And he did a stellar job. So it um, it's a very Polish-sounding production. Mm. And I remember you were saying, like, they have things set up so you don't have to, you know, spend hours trying to get the drums right and... I had airlock gear. They had a, yeah. a, a very nice vintage uh, Gretsch drum kit that um, it's already mic'd. It's already got sounds happening. So, again, it's one less thing you've got to stress about. You know, often you'll spend half a day getting drum sounds right if you drag a drum kit in. So that yeah. sort of work was already done. They uh, have lots and lots of gear. It's pretty obvious it's owned by a muso. Um, <laughs> lots and lots of you couldn't turn a corner without stubbing your toe on another guitar amp. He had every amp known to man. <laughs> And, uh, you know, beautiful old Hammond organ, Leslie speakers. Um, so the gear was great. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lovely place to record. And that is most likely where I'll go back to do the next one. Yeah. And and Michael Fix mastered, did the mastering at He did, studio. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did a great job with that. He'd had a few weeks break from the record by the time uh, he mastered it, which is a good thing because it's kind of a slightly different thing the mastering process yeah. to the engineering and mixing process. Yeah, yeah. Well, he it's when it all comes together, doesn't it? And you can listen back, and he's such a great producer as well. So, you know, you obviously had everything unfolded for you the way it was meant to, and this is a project that has been a long time coming. That's it. And um, how perfect is it? So it's always that divine timing, which I love when everything <clears throat> comes together. So I'm sure there are going to be many people, you know, tapping into your website. So again, folks, Craig Claxton, C-R-A-I-G-C-L-A-X-T-O-N.com. And you can have a look at Craig's website there and have a listen to some of the tracks and buy it there or at their guitar shop guitarbrothers.com.au here in uh, Briz Vegas as we like to say <laughs> some of us in our yeah. sunshine state and you know you can do check all this your streaming platforms sort of yeah. platforms to look for that on Spotify just I think it's under is it under both or Craig Claxton on It's Spotify? under Craig Claxton yep. on all the different uh, streaming platforms from iTunes to YouTube Music, Spotify, Deezer, Apple. Yeah. And probably yeah. a few more I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're doing their job. So, you know, and as wonderful as streaming is, you know, I want folks to think, you know, if you can get to a live concert or – you know, wherever the guys are playing, I'm sure you will post up events when you guys are yeah, performing. Yeah, definitely stuff is starting to open up again. Once uh, the venues are up and operating, then no doubt we'll start doing some more gigs. Yeah. So and I'd say from August onwards. Yeah. So you'd see that on Instagram. You've got an Instagram yeah, place yep. there and on Facebook, of course. So you must go along to see these guys live. They're just a treasure. And, of course, purchase a CD. There is so much that goes into this beautiful little, 
you know, gift that we have been given. And I still believe in CDs and vinyls and things like that because that's just a collector's item. And it's the best way to hear the music too. Yeah. I don't know that you get the full impact on a streaming service, but uh, it's interesting looking at the analytics uh, a day or so ago. I'm being played all over the world. It's it's Finland, Russia, France, Great Britain, um, North America in the US and then Canada and... uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. It's being uh, played in quite a few places, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, well, it's a very special album. And, you know, I think it's been a long time since we've heard some really great blues and, you know, it's what most of us really love. I mean, don't get me wrong, the music industry, it certainly has translated and transformed over the years um, to suit the different age groups, but... You know, they all seem to go back to the 70s and 80s classics anyway, where things really were written. And that's when a lot of bands and that that's what you did. You know, we used mm-hmm. to play all the circuits, all those sorts of things. So it's nice to see that there are still projects out there where you can go and catch you live and have an album that you can actually listen to through your car stereo or at home and not have everything compressed down as it tends to do sometimes when it keeps moving through those, you know, through streaming and yeah, um, yeah. uploading it. it you, you, like you said, you get the real thing that's just been mastered and and put out there. And it's a it's a collector's item. So, and I'm sure you will go down in, in legend, my friend, certainly here and around the world, and all these wonderful people you've got to play with in the past. Um, you know, that are over in L.A., which is where we're broadcasting now. And, of course, you can catch this interview on Rated Oz Radio, my Facebook page or Instagram, so that you get to listen to this wonderful man and his story, which is massive and we've run out of time. But, Craig, what do you think you'd like to be remembered for, most of all as a musician um, and a guitarist and artist that you are? Well, I'd like to be remembered as a uh, a versatile and creative guitar player and a singer, songwriter, yeah, all of those things. I think ultimately I'd like to be remembered as being a kind and generous person. Mm. The guitar playing is certainly a, central to me, but beyond that, being a good person's important. Yeah. Yes, being kind to each other. And I think a lot of us are needing to remember that through these difficult times as well. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, but... Now, you, you also taught. You started teaching I was very you young, yeah. Young I, lad. I, I progressed from being a, a student at the Academy of Music to being a teacher there when I was probably 13 or 14. And uh, I did that right through till I was probably 17 or 18. And mm. by then, gigs got a bit busy. And, yeah, uh, it was more fun and, to play. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I still did some teaching yeah. probably through to on and off to my mid to late 20s. And then beyond that, it uh, I'd leave that to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Are you passionate about anything else apart from your wonderful shop, your lovely wife, and uh, playing with other musicians and writing? Is there anything else that, you know, you enjoy? Oh, look, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> I sound dull and boring, but no, that... Look, in my earlier days, oh, I, I loved going great. out surfing, but that hasn't been possible for the last... Uh, Several years with uh, all the sort of other life commitments that go on. Obviously, uh, 
kids and grandchildren and so on. I'm very uh, blessed with them as well. So, and so, how would you balance your work and play? What, what's your downtime? Oh well, these days uh, I'm able to spend a bit more time on the music than I was when I was building the business. The business yeah. is uh, established these days, and I have a very, very good team of people working in there. Yeah. So they have uh, afforded me the the opportunity to get out and work on some original material and mm. um, record it to a standard that I'm happy with. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to do more of it now. Yeah. I've got the got the bug. Yes. Well, and you were playing at the Bug, Brisbane's Unplugged Gigs, which is a great little venue as well. I have done that well. a few times, yeah. It is. yeah. They're a real listening audience and uh, lots of fun. Great appreciation for great music. So, yeah. all right, folks, hopefully, and we might even be able to do a live stream or that you can put up uh, yeah. maybe on Facebook when you guys are playing or launching your CD. So, but you have the opportunity now to listen to some wonderful tracks, which I will leave you with. Craig, thank you so much for giving me your time today and for our listeners to hear a little bit more of your background and that wonderful man that graciously let me use Virus Crisis, um, which was pretty much inspired by Lockdown? Being locked down. <laughs> having Virus a bit of time crisis. on my hands, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me, Mary Lou. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. And we will catch you guys later. Don't forget, go and check out the websites, check out Instagram and Facebook for Craig Claxton and Guitar Brothers. And we will catch you guys next time. See you later. <laughs> on the wall when she came into the room My PhD in fun was over way too soon No time for conversation talk or compromise My little piece of heaven gone right before my eyes She said walk away Living in my car, still under her spell I spent endless nights awake, drinking whiskey and rum Whilst her days were filled with yoga, herbal tea and chai She said, walk away Walk away away from these blues I like my coffee in the morning I take tea late at night Every little thing I do Gonna make everything alright
first to smell the flowers and the last to feel the rain Even in winter, she'd walk through it all day She'd roll up her trousers, kick off her shoes Pack everything in a big old bag And walk away from these I walk away from these blues She'd roll up her trousers And kick off her shoes Pack everything in a big old bag And walk away from these blues Walk away, walk away You had me where you want me Back against the wall You played all the angles Set me up for a fall But your lying, cheating reasons Make no sense at all Outrageous accusations Rattle inside your empty head No time to answer questions Angry shots instead Still your lying, cheating reasons Make no sense at all
what you think was gonna happen When all was said and done You nasty little cheetah squad Watch you come undone Cause you lying, cheating reasons Make no sense at all Long embrace 
the long goodbye Long goodbye. 